0: Hey there, beautiful souls. I'm Colleen Lockoff. And I'm Meredy Lockoff. And welcome to Spiritual Sisters with Sass, the podcast where two sisters with a passion for spirituality and a touch of sass come together to explore the exciting world of self improvement.
1: That's right, Colleen. We embarked on this incredible journey together, diving into different self-improvement techniques, yoga practices, and a whole array of life experiences.
0: Yeah, and through it all, we've managed to create lives that are abundant, happy, and constantly evolving. It's been a wild ride, hasn't it, Merdy? You bet,
1: sis. We've got two very different perspectives on life, but that's what makes this podcast so special. I'm all about diving in headfirst into life's adventures and embracing
0: every challenge with a bit of sass. Welcome in here. She's got her own unique approach. Yep, that's me. And I'm all about the yoga, mindfulness, and finding my Zen. And together we make the perfect balance. So whether you're
1: looking for some wisdom, a few laughs, or just some heartfelt stories, you're in the right place. We're here to share our personal experiences and insights with you, all while exploring the wild and diverse world of self-improvement.
0: So grab your headphones and get ready for a fantastic journey with us. Spiritual Sisters with Sass is here to uplift, inspire, and keep it real. Thanks for tuning in, lovely listeners. Let's dive in. Spirit and Sass, here we go.
1: Week's episode of Spiritual Sisters with Sass. Today we are going to dig into um, the three attachment styles. Um, We're basing most of this information from, I'm pretty sure Lynn has read this book as well. The book that I read is called Attachments. Um, If you're looking for the book, it has two magnets basically attached together. Phenomenal book really helps you understand yourself and the way you are in relationships, whether that is in a relationship with your family, your friends, or the person that you're dating. Um, the basics is that there's three attachment styles and the three attachment styles are secure, avoidant, and anxious. And today we're going to dig into all three. We're going to give you our own experiences with them because I was one and now I'm different. Um, but let's go ahead and dig into them. So The attachment styles differ in their view of intimacy, in the way that they deal with conflict, their attitude towards sex, their ability to communicate their wishes and needs and their expectations from a partner or a relationship, okay? Now, I got blown away by the statistics that they gave us and the statistics said that an average of 50 people or 50%, sorry, why are you shaking your head at me?
0: Are I'm just thinking, I'm like reading the notes while you're talking. I'm like, Isn't this 50% crazy? Of people are secure attachment, my anus.
1: And that's what I said. And I, I believe that that's bullshit because I think that the way you become a secure attachment style is by doing the work on yourself. And I just don't feel that 50% of people are there yet. That's just my personal opinion. However, the statistics that they say in the book are 50% have a secure, 20% have an anxious. And 25% are avoidant, while the other 3 to 5% fall into an avoidant anxious style, which is a combination of the two. Um, so where our attachment styles stem from is a couple of different things. So they stem from um, your childhood, the trauma that you have, and who you were born as. So what I mean by that, an example is, say the child comes out and they're similar to like Lynn and I, we're A-type personalities. <laughs> We are, because we're A-type personalities, we're automatically more prone to an avoidant attachment style. And I'm going to tell you, hi, my name is Meredy, and I had an avoidant attachment style 100%, okay? I also have a secure attachment style, and one of the ways that that shows up is that the people that I dated, married, when I left, they said, wow, I never thought you'd leave because I provided them with such a secure attachment that they thought that they could get away with almost anything. So basically there's g- genetic factors in that as well. In the fact that like, if you have high or sorry, low dopamine, you end up with an anxious attach- attachment style. Um, if you have low serotonin, you'll end up with an avoidant attachment style. And now I take antidepressants every day which is because i have a low serotonin level. That alone tells you i had an avoidant attachment style. I am open to admit that. I want to say when i go into trauma response, i probably still have a bit of an avoidant attachment style because i have this attitude. Now let's get straight into the avoidant because it's i feel like it's very Lynn and i <laughs> and it's definitely who i used to be and a lot less of who i am now. Um but If you are an avoidant attachment style, it's super important that you maintain your independence and self-sufficiency. You prefer being all by yourself in a relationship. Even though you want to be close to others, you feel uncomfortable with too much closeness. And you like to keep your people at arm's length. You don't like anybody to get too close because then they can hurt you. Um, You don't spend much time worrying about your romantic relationships or about being rejected because you don't need anybody anyways. Um, you tend not to open up to your partners and they will often complain that you are emotionally, emotionally distant. Okay. In relationships, they are, you're often on high alert for any signs of someone trying to control you. Do you see me looking at you, Lynn? Do you see me looking at you? (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking at you. Um, so a way that we can look at some of these things too, is like a baby, when you're born, you're automatically born with some of these things. And then, like I said, your trauma will create more. And then the work you do on yourself will create more. So an, a, an avoidant baby will act as though nothing happened when mommy leaves the room. And then when mom comes back to the room, they also still act like they don't care. They're nonchalant. They blow it off. It's no big deal. But studies show that inside the baby, their heart rate is just like an anxious baby. They're um, not calm. They're not collected. They're actually quite freaking out inside, but they act like they don't care. Okay, so I'm gonna give you some traits of what your partner would look like if they are an avoidant attachment style. And then I want Lynn to step in here and give us some of her feedback on this. So if your partner has an avoidant attachment style, they're gonna send mixed signals to you. They're gonna really value their independence. They will devalue you or their previous partners in the sense that they didn't need you anyways. Um, they use distancing strategies to keep you at arm's length. They emphasize boundaries in the relationship. Now this, I'm going to step in right here and say that the boundaries are important to have regardless, but in an avoidant attachment style, we're extra don't cross this boundary. This boundary is such a hard boundary and the boundary may be unnecessary and yet we have it anyways. Um, We have unrealistic view of how relationships should be so that you stay independent. You don't share bank accounts. Um, You stay separate. You'll notice some people in relationships like this are 10 years together, but still living in separate houses, okay? That's two avoidant attachment styles working together. They are mistrustful, and their biggest fear is being taken advantage of or controlled. They have rigid views, and they're uncompromising. During a disagreement, they need to walk away or escape. They don't make their intentions clear and they have difficulty what's to talking about what's going on with them. So Lynn, tell us about your experience being <laughs> an avoidant attachment style because I know that you and I started out that way for sure.
0: You know, this is interesting because it's funny because I'm like, oh my God, Rafa. Rafa's avoidant. Holy shit. Um, holy shit. Holy shit.
1: Isn't it um, interesting?
0: Yeah, and you know, for a long time now, I'm interested. I'm interested to like dive a little bit more into the anxious because, like I mentioned, I I read this book. Well, listen to it on Audible, and I I listened to hours and hours, and I was like, this is, eh. it, I just wasn't hitting or landing at the time, probably because yeah. I was like celibate. I was single. Like I could fucking care less at that moment what yeah, I was, yeah. and I felt like I was pretty secure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm alone. Of,
1: We're good at it. I'm a secure attachment style alone all the way.
0: (laughs) I'm good. Um, And definitely, yeah, I mean, like one of the things I said was like, don't touch me. Like, I don't like to be touched like that. I mean, that's pretty avoidant. That's pretty all like arm's length. Yeah. But I also wonder, well, this is interesting to hear the part about like the studies on babies as well, because. I was going to say like internally I feel very anxious and a lot of that is like if there's no communication historically I've chased people around like we need to fucking talk like we need to talk we need to talk we need to talk and um... anxious avoidant maybe. I wonder, I do wonder when, when I was listening to this, I was like me, I think I'm secure, but I wonder, I would definitely default to avoid him. But I wonder if I'm anxious avoidant.
1: And the more I think about it, I'm going to say, I probably agree with you on you being a bit of a combo because I have seen that. I want to say, as we were younger with the whole mom, everything you were avoidant. you were like, fuck this. I don't need this. I don't need you. But then as you've grown and I've seen you in relationships there's for sure a bit of that, atta- that anxious attachment style.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. And so I find that like, even now, especially, I mean, you saw me when I came to Canada for the month of September. I mean, I was incredibly anxious. Mm-hmm. I was worried the whole time my head was just feeding me that um, I don't, I don't even know. It was just this worry that like, the my partner's gonna cheat on me. Like that was a big thing. Like he's just gonna cheat on me. He's, one of the things that's underlying at the at the very base that I have said to probably every partner I've ever had is like you're gonna figure out what a fucking loser I am, right? I think because like you said, we're type A, and I show up in this relationship like a very strong woman, very powerful woman. I have this business, I'm very successful. I da 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 da, and then I think like that's just a front, motherfucker. I'm a loser you're gonna figure it out now that I let you in you're gonna figure it out and it seems like my first partner I mean we were young I I really like I I think I've said this a million times I don't have a lot of like um upset around my husband because I feel like we were both young and I know he loved me and we just and I loved him and we kind of figured it out and then it didn't work out but then after that I have like a lot of resentment still and I was definitely avoidant like I was like the alpha and like there was these things and like keeping this person I just did my own thing all the time I went to India I went here I went there and like I came home and he was taking care of this and doing that and then you know there's people here and there and then the partner previous it was like uh, avoidant definitely avoidant I just like put myself into work and work and work and work so I don't have to deal this but I feel like I let that person in because he was so sweet and I let him in in my heart a little bit more than I've ever let anyone in
1: and first and while oh, there where she is
0: I was just gonna say since you were frozen
1: one of the things I really want to emphasize with this is that there is nothing wrong with any of the attachment styles We're not judging. We're not putting it at anything out there. We just want you to look at at the attachment style you have, because if you don't like it, you can work on changing it. Also notice it because it's going to dictate how you are in these relationships and how it affects the person that you're with really. So go ahead, continue with that. You were saying you hadn't given anybody as much of your heart.
0: Yeah. And then- that person let me down like they lied and they were quite dishonest several times. And so then that, I felt like that's it. Like I'm, I'm pretty much done. So then it's interesting to then come here, but now I feel so wounded. Like I thought I had done, I, I spent two and a half years healing and being celibate and not jumping into relationship and doing all these other things that I could do to heal myself. And then I came into relationship and was incredibly anxious this person is gonna find out I'm a loser. They don't really love me. There's little pieces about like I own a property and I don't know, they're gonna fuck me over. I just like, I'm a fucking loser. Like when you figure it out at the base, like you are, and then you're gonna hate me and rip me off just like everybody else has.
1: <laughs> Whatever. Dude, story this, that back is. to our fucking unconscious stories. Mm -hmm. Because literally that story that I'm hearing coming out of your mouth is I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. No matter how much I have, I'm still not good enough. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: No matter how successful I am, I'm still not good enough. Mm -hmm. And of course that 100% is going to bring out an an anxious attachment. 100%. -hmm. um, Because, and so let's talk about the anxious attachment. Yeah, let's do that. Because that way we can, you can see, see the combination of the two and how they come together. So an anxious attachment style You really like to be really close with your partner and you have the capacity for great intimacy, okay? Like next level intimacy. Um, You often fear that your partner does not want to be as close as you want to be. Your relationships consume the majority of your life. Yes, your business may be important. Yes, your children are important, but the most important relationship, most important, important aspect of your life is the relationship with your partner. Um, You have a tendency to be really sensitive to small fluctuations in your partner's attitude. As I'm reading this, I'm like, oh yeah, there she is. I'm not going to lie. And not in a bad way. She's very sensitive to the things. Um, She's sensitive to moods and actions. And though your senses are often accurate, you will feel... Like your per- your person, your partner's behaviors are directly related to you and you take everything very personally. And the thing that you need to realize about that, and I'm not talking just to Lynn, I'm talking to an anxious attachment style, is that nothing is ever personal unless they make it personal. Now, you, the crappy part about the anxious attachment style is that you feel a lot of negative emotions within a relationship and then you get upset easily you're triggered by things really easily. And then you fight with the person because you're upset about something, even though that upset, they don't even know is there. Um, You tend to act out and say things that you regret. Now, I don't feel like that's something that you do. I think that's something when you work on yourself, you won't do things like that.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, If the other person provides a lot of security and reassurance, you're able to shed much of this anxiety and feel quite content. And I feel like that is something that, when Rafa's in his trauma response and wants to run your anxious attachment style really kicks in. But then when he sits down and pulls his shit together because he's really good at this that's where you can really settle in and be like, okay, let's talk about this then. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a baby will become extremely distressed when mom leaves the room. And when mom returns, the baby acts ambivalent and is happy to see her, but angry at the same time. So when the baby's picked up, it's like, I love you mom but I hate you, I'm so mad at you. Pay more attention to me is essentially the sensation that they have going on. The baby takes a lot longer to calm down. And even when they do, it's temporary. And a few seconds later, they'll usually push away their parent and burst into tears. If your partner has an anxious attachment style, you're going to notice that they want a lot of closeness in a relationship. They express their, in- uh, their insecurities as well as their big worries about rejection. Um, They're unhappy when they're not in a relationship. It's really hard to find joy in their lives when they're single. Um, They really want to keep your attention and interest. So they'll do extra things to try and keep that going. Even though you might just be distracted with work, they're trying to pull your attention back to them. Um, They have difficulty explaining what's bugging them, and then they want the other person to guess. They act out because it's an easy way to get attention. And now this also makes me think of mom, because when she was ambivalent and doing what she needed to do and was busy with work, the only way to get her attention was to act out. Even though it was negative attention, we got attention. Um, They have a hard time not making things about him or her in the relationship. They use the tone to set how they feel for the rest of their day. So the tone of the relationship and how they're leaving the relationship is the mo- in the morning is how the rest of their day is going to go. Um, they're completely preoccupied with the relationship. They fear that small things could destroy the relationship and they believe they have to work really hard to keep their attention. And they are suspicious on a regular basis that you will be unfaithful. So that is the anxious attachment style. Now, like I said, there is a fourth attachment style, which is an anxious avoidant attachment style tied together. And you can, and it's really easy to see why, because when you start to feel that like anxiety and you want to cling, it's also easy to go, well, fuck you, watch me walk away. Cause it's so much easier for me to not deal with this feeling. But the problem is, is walking away and not dealing with that feeling is only going to create more of that feeling because now they're going to walk away as well because a lot of people match energy with energy. So tell me, I see you sitting there, she's pointing at herself and she's like, yeah, that's me. Anxious attachment or anxious avoidant. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. How does that show up in your relationships? If you're comfortable with having that conversation?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, like, I think just a, a more most appropriately is like my current relationship and I'm almost like oh my god I think he might be anxious avoidant as well um because you know that's one of the things is like the escapism like I just want to leave and then he's like can you take me to you know Hako or whatever and the last time he did that I was like no you're a fucking big boy you can figure it out and then my head goes to you know what because this is fucking easier on my own I could do this like I've done this on my own I do better on my own instead of but before was like in the shower like (laughs) yeah and my like I I remember like being like rounded up Colin, because like you're 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 like kind of crying once in a while loud enough for him to hear like you're trying to get attention And it's really amazing to watch, to be able to be like self-aware and watch myself doing something and, and be at the same time, like, dude, you're being pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. A thousand times. Yeah. So I definitely think asking for
1: attention. Can I just go to him and tell him I need your attention right now. And I need to talk about what's going on. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So for me, I find that I don't have the anxious part. I feel like maybe that comes with like a, and, and I don't want to offend anyone. This is just one of those belief systems that was built into me. Um, and I don't necessarily believe it anymore, but somewhere deep in my subconscious, it sits there, is being, an, being anxious like that and being being clingy or needy is bad. So for me you and giving you the finger is a way easier solution for me to walk the fuck away. Mm -hmm. That being said, with all the work that I've done on myself, and I I feel like even before I really, really started it, because I didn't start doing the work on myself until after I left my marriage. I was only 23 when I left my marriage. And when I left that marriage, within it, he said to me, I felt like you were never going to leave me. So this, it blew my mind that you ever were even willing to leave. Like we got married for that reason. And I was like, yes, we got married and you gave up. And I spent two years fighting to make the marriage work because literally I watched us get married and then him stop trying with everything. And I hear people say that, like when they get into a marriage, that that's what happens. And so for me, that was what happened. He stopped trying. I started putting more effort in. When I wasn't matched to the effort, I said, okay, I'm leaving. I'm out. I can't do this anymore. I'm miserable. I spent two years. And the crappy part about women is that we don't leave until it's too late. We may say things to men, but men hear wah, wah, wah. And when you take the action, men hear action. So when you actually get up and walk away and say, I'm done, I'm moving out. Now they're willing to step up and do what they need to do to fix the relationship. Well, by the time my ex was willing to step up and and fix the relationship, I felt like I had tried for two years and I was ready to walk the fuck away. So for me and for most women, we will walk away when we're finally done. When we have had enough and we're over it, we walk away. Men hear that action when you walk away and that's when they start to do the work. So if you're a woman who's debating walking away, I encourage you to do the action now in the sense that it will wake up your spouse to bring them back to you so you can actually work on it. Otherwise it's too late for women and it's just starting for men. And that's why often in separations where the woman leaves, It's because the woman has been asking for something for a long time and hasn't gotten it. And now she's done and she's healed and moved on from it. And that's not necessarily any kind of attachment. That's kind of just science. I made a note. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I made a note when you were talking about boundaries because I love that. And I love what you're saying. And I agree with what you're saying. And, you know, a lot of my, what has come up for me a lot is like your experience of, so I'll say like my experience of women, because that's, it doesn't apply to every woman. Just, yeah. And then you said it later, you said most, and earlier in the avoidant, you said like they, they tend avoidant attachment styles tend to like have these excess boundaries. And so I wrote that down. Cause I was like, we need to talk about boundaries. And then you said like, I, I encourage you to take the action. And, and one of the things that I think is really, really important is the agreements And I think we've talked about it before, right? Yeah. This piece is like, when you have a boundary, you make an agreement around the boundary instead of being a fucking dictator. Yeah. Because if someone says I'm leaving and and then they're like, okay, I'm leaving. And then the guy's like, oh my God, which has happened. Like literally it happened when I went into nursing. I went away. I left my two and my four-year-old with my husband and my friend moved in. And my friend was... I mean, she was sick a lot. Every time she had a period, she had to take off five days. She drank a lot. Her boyfriend came. They took a bunch of days off. So my husband, though we had help and we had a farm, was left to do what I do.
1: Which is all of the things.
0: <laughs> Basically, the replacement Lynn, because that was what we called her, was equivalent to him. Because that's what it was like to have him as a partner. He was fucking yeah. sick. He was fucking drunk. He was off doing shit all the time. I had a full-time job. I had two fucking kids and I was running a fucking 160 acre farm. Well, that doesn't even count. That's, that's me actually like blowing it up because it was 160 acres, but really we just ran like, you know, this many acres. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when I left and they were all left alone, basically he was left with himself and he had to fucking step up and do shit. And so when I came home, I mean, he engaged to me.
1: I remember that. He told me he
0: can't believe all the shit that I was doing because on top of that, my house was a fucking pigsty. Like, well, not a pigsty. It was just messy. It was really messy because there was so much stuff. And on top of everything, I had to do all the cleaning because I was a woman and that was how it was basically in that family. The woman does everything and doesn't drink and all this shit. And so and we had so much stuff. And so then, you know, and then he would, everybody would be like, oh, Linny, you're so messy. Like everything was clean, but it was just a fucking pigsty. And (laughs) and everybody would make fun of me for it, you know? And then his mom would come over and clean and I would take offense to that. Now I'd be like, bitch, you're missing over there. Like, (laughs) but like at the time I took it totally personally. And anyways, so I'm thinking about all of that shit. And then he like engaged to me, he started cleaning he became more of a partner, but then still had all his shit. Now, uh, boundaries around like non drinking because he drank so much and I did all this shit by myself. You know, that did it, it kind of wore off then because we yeah. never made agreements and we never actually like addressed the each other issue. accountable. And for me, I was also like, if I give him an ultimatum, he's going to choose booze, not me. Because I'm not worth it. Nobody would choose me over this other thing. Over
1: anything, yeah. So
0: I just left him instead. And then, of course, there he shows up one day, and he's like, "Pierce both his nipples." And he's like, "I'm trying to be the man you want me to be." And I'm like, "I'm fucking done, dude. It's ten years. I wanted to leave since like year number three. We've got two yep. kids, a farm, this shit. We moved away. Blah 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 blah." So what i know now is like agreements and when you make these agreements from a place of both people making the agreements and agreeing on them when one person isn't keeping their agreement it means that we need to have a conversation so yeah yeah, you're not sticking to it what are we going to do about this not just have some fucking vague ass fight and then i'm so sorry and then we have sex and then i love you again until the same fucking thing happens again boundaries mean you have to uphold them. Yes. What's and the that's agreement? where the
1: aggr- agreements come into place because now you can just, and and like I've shown so many people with this now, send a picture of the agreements that they have made with you to them and don't say anything else because they now need to step up and be personally accountable for what they said they would do.
0: And the both of you have to want the relationship to work and stop fucking blaming each other. Like yeah. take personal responsibility. You know, every fucking um, episode that we've done, it all rolls into this. This isn't just like one thing, it's all the things. Yep. And so when you love someone, and you're calling them on about the agreements, instead of silently resenting them and not actually fucking saying something or being passive aggressive, like, well, I'm always alone, or like, whatever it is that this, I'm so over it, you know, like, I spent a lot of time coaching people. And I mean, if I coach someone right now, and they're like, Oh, my God, I've been there. It's like, it's okay. And like, It's time to step up and stop blaming everybody for everything. Like what the fuck, man, you guys made these agreements. These are the agreements and stop. If you make them and then the other person isn't sticking to them, well, then this isn't going to work and it's time to go now. Right.
1: Yep. Yep. Now that being said, men will only hear ma, ma, ma. It makes me think of Charlie Brown and that one guy that just ma, ma, all the time. That's what a guy will hear. That's not a guy.
0: That's the teacher. That's Charlie Brown's teacher. That's right. Yeah. And in that, that's what a lot of people will hear without action.
1: So, or just when it's not supposed to land, like we've talked about nutrition multiple times and it wasn't landing until it landed. And the way that most men hear is through action. It's also how most men show up is through action. So making sure, because otherwise by the time it's over and you're done, they're just starting to hear what you said.
0: That's why I think like the agreements, it's like communication is action. I don't know. It's not like I have all the answers. It's easy for me to sit here and be like, blah, 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 blah. Do it, do it, do it. And then when it comes to it, it's like, oh, I love you so much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. And that hurts. But also that is, I think the best way for you to save your relationship. And when I talk to people about that. And they're like, well, I'm, I, I'm gonna, you know, I'm getting ready to leave or whatever. And I'm like, well, you better leave before you're actually ready to leave because women leave when we're actually done and men start to hear you then. So even if it's a short period of time, you're going to go stay with some friends or you need him to go stay at a friend's place or something, make the action happen now so that he's out. And then when you come back make agreements because apologies without change are manipulation. Yes. And that part is For me, any apology you make to me, the way I hear, actually, you guys, I would encourage you look up um, under the love languages. They also have apology language test. And my apology language is an apology with action. So I need you to change something, not just say I'm sorry for it.
0: Right. Same.
1: So, okay. So let's quickly dig into the secure attachment style so that you guys can hear more of what a secure attachment style is like. So that you can see what that looks like in a relationship, in a child, in all of the things. So if you're a secure attachment style, being warm and loving in a relationship comes natural. You enjoy being intimate without becoming overly worried about your relationships. You take things in stride. And when it comes to romance, you don't easily get upset over relationship stuff. You can effectively communicate your needs and feelings. And you are good at reading your partner's emotional cues. You share your successes and problems with your person, and you're able to be there for them when they need you. If we're referring to babies, they use examples like, when mommy leaves the room, the baby notices and is visibly distressed, but when the mother returns, the baby is happy and eager to greet her. Once in the safety of her presence, the baby is quick to be reassured, calm down, and resume what they were doing prior. Okay? So if your partner has a secure attachment style, they're going to have some of these traits. They're going to be reliable and consistent. Hi, that's me now. Um, they're going to make decisions with you. They they have a very flexible view of what the relationship can look like. They communicate relationship issues well and just in general communicate well. And that's my superpower. I tell people that all the time. Um, they can reach compromise during arguments and are open-minded to hearing your side. They're not afraid of commitments or dependency. So they're not afraid of being dependent on. They're not afraid of being fully committed or being all in in a relationship. They don't consider relationships hard work. They find closeness creates more closeness. So hard conversations are easier for them because it brings, they know it's going to bring them closer to someone after they're done. Um, They introduce their friends and family early in the relationship They naturally express their feelings for you saying, I love you and I'm falling in love with you. Oh my God, I enjoy our time so much. I don't know what I'd do without you. Those things, you know, the ones that we all want so bad. Um, And they don't play games. There's no games with these people. They communicate very effectively as to what they need, what they want, what they don't like so that they can move through the feelings and then find more closeness with you by finding solutions to the feelings. Okay. Okay. So that's a secure attachment style. And I'm going to say with the work that I've done on myself, this is where I have come to in my in my relationships. Which again, then can also lead to you're never going to leave me. And that's not the case either because eventually I've had enough and I'm out too. Because I'm looking to have someone match what I'm putting in and I have yet to have that, which is why I am single. <laughs> so I was just dating someone recently. And we've talked about this. He was listening to, I did a lives on these for a week and he was listening to those. He called me and said, I just don't think you're a secure attachment style. And I was like, okay, I can tell you why I think that you're right. Because I wasn't all in. And if I'm not all in, I'm an avoidant for sure. Because I'm watching for things and reasons for me to need to walk away from this rather than throwing myself all into it. When I'm all in, I'm 100% a secure attachment style. So even in my friendships, if you come to me and my energy feels like, or I notice an energy that feels like I need to be watching for something, I won't be all in in that relationship. Again, whether it's a woman, a man, a friend, a partner, it doesn't matter for me. If there's something going on, I'm going to watch for that. And I may come across as an avoidant. That being said, also apparently me saying that there would require a prenup makes me avoidant, which I disagree with. So I'd love to hear your feedback on that. You guys tell us about that as well. But Lynn, how do you feel about that? Do you uh, think clean it up, makes
0: me prenup is very secure? And that's what I think. I think going I don't into even know shows... if that has anything to do with anxious, avoidant, or secure. That's just protecting your your like all the work that you've done. Like I don't know if that even does that even fit in within an attachment style.
1: I don't know either. I'm not 100% sure on that. Right. I just I found it very interesting that that kind of comes up in it because dating me is probably going to require a prenup. Just saying. Dude, I have put my I life mean, for 20 years into something pretty much yeah. alone. Dude was
0: super manipulative though.
1: Fair. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair.
0: Very fair. Yeah. Um, Okay.
1: So with these attachment styles, I want to just quickly touch base on if you have one of these attachment styles, the type of person that you're the safest dating and to start paying attention to these things at the beginning, because when you start dating someone, you can see who they're going to be. You can see their attachment style. Um, I have a friend and I tell him all the time you have an avoidant attachment style. And he's like, no, I don't. When I'm in a relationship, I'm different. And I'm like, are you though? How you do anything
0: is how you do everything.
1: Yes. And so if you're anxious, you really want to avoid dating someone who is an avoidant because they are going to trigger all of your shit. And then when you get needy and you get anxious and you try to make things better and you try to get closer, they're going to shove you away. They want to run like crazy because you're all the things that they're trying to avoid. Okay. So you do not want to date an avoidance. So if you notice that they put you off, if you notice that they don't want to hang out with you as much as you want to hang out with them, if you notice that they're really strong in their boundaries, if you notice that you're not super important and listen to the words that they say when they're telling you stories about their past. Because if they're not necessarily, I don't want to say devaluing, because I feel like that's not the greatest way to say it. But if they're saying that like the person wasn't that great or wasn't that important in their lives, or they've never had anyone that has, you know, really shown them what love is, I would be careful with that if you're anxious, because you're heading straight into someone who's your shit. Okay. Now, if you are an anxious person, you should be dating someone is secure because they're going to fill all your needs. It's also okay to date another anxious because you're going to notice that you guys are both looking for the same thing. And if you can fulfill each other's needs, you're going to have a super fulfilling relationship. Okay. Um, if you're a secure attachment, you can date anybody basically because you're okay with whatever actions they have that you can then pull them in. Okay. An avoidant dating and avoidant is going to give you a lot of avoidant behaviors, which means you're going to need to have a lot of hard conversations, which is really hard for avoidant people to do. (laughs) Um, Now, protest behavior in them. If you are anxious, you're going to have excessive excessive attempts to reestablish connection and contact by calling, texting, emailing, or showing up at your house at where they know you go, at your gym at your workplace, to try and make things better. And if you have an avoidant, they're going to call you a stalker. Whereas if you have a secure, they're going to calm you so that you don't need to show up at their work. You don't need to show up the places they're going to be, because they're going to answer your text. They're going to answer your call. They're going to tell you, leave me alone. I'm angry right now. I need some time. I will call you back. I'm not going anywhere. I just need to sort through some of my own feelings through this. Um, If you're an avoidant, they will disappear they will avoid you at all costs they will sit silently in whatever they're doing if you live together like on their phone while you're talking and they'll ignore you even though they can hear you um they will talk to other people in the room while completely ignoring their partner there are lots of things that i look at these hear these and i'm like oh hi i used to be that person (laughs) I would completely, in some ways, ignore my ex-husband, even though he was in the room. Actually, I remember being with you. At I, I don't remember exactly the situation, but I was super pissed off at him and I just pretended he wasn't even in the room and you laughed at me for it. And we're like, what is even happening right now? I was like, <laughs> I'm not, he can fuck off. And I talked to you and I talked to your ex and we did our thing, but he didn't exist to me. I was so pissed at him. If they are secure, they're just gonna come and tell you. They're going to talk to you about the problems they have. They're going to discuss things with you. They're going to have communication to fix the problem. And they're also going to communicate with you and say like, hey, I need some space. So secures usually don't have a protest per se, because they come and tell you what they need in that moment. Tell me a little bit about what your guys' protest behavior looks like between you and your current spouse in in your arguments because everybody has arguments so i want to hear about what your guys's looks like
0: i'm trying to think i like it's bringing up stuff around um around other people um okay i'm thinking about um i'm just thinking about Two partners ago, the one I was with for 11 years. And that avoidant behavior was, it was so incredibly avoidant. Like, wow. You know what's Um, interesting?
1: I feel like you guys were both anxious, avoidant attachment styles. There was like a need for each other, but also this, fuck you. I can do this without you. But then you knew outside of that, you couldn't do it without you. So you'd fuck you. I don't need you. And then you'd come back together because that anxiousness of needing each other was there. Am I wrong?
0: Well, think about this. Think about what you were saying about um, an avoidant baby will have the vitals of an anxious, but they won't acknowledge it. And I, that's what's coming up for me is like one time I got really upset. I thought that this person was cheating on me. I found an alternate Facebook profile with his middle name as his first name and i saw it while i was at work one day it said suggested friend and i was like what in the actual fuck and i go on and i'm like i i just it, dude's cheating on me cuz i i'm starting to wonder why do you I'm, need to if i'm just fucking anxious anyways and I go on and I'm like anyways I go home I'm like listen like this is fucking it you better admit to what you've done because we had been in several fights where he was doing really shady shit and he would lie through his teeth to the last minute until I was like like I gave him all the information and then he would manipulate the information and bring it back to me gaslight me like I'm fucking crazy so and I mean, like literally deny, like I'm, I'm looking at messages on his Facebook messenger <laughs> that are to someone else. Oh, there's a dog in my yard that are to someone else. Um, and I'm saying like, uh, excuse me, why don't you let me know what's going on here? Did you talk to that person? No. And it's like literally like blame anyways. I, I just remember I'm like, dude, I'm fucking looking at the messages and then boom, they all get deleted right while I'm looking at them. Yeah. And and then he's like, you're crazy. They were never there, like lying <laughs> to the last <laughs> second. This is amazing. So this one time I'm like, I'm not telling you, you know what it is because I'm convinced he's cheating on me. And um and he just didn't talk to me for four days and that was me like (laughs) trying really hard to be mad and he needs to admit it and blah 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 and here's the worst part when finally like he's super mad he won't talk to me he ignores me for four days I'm at work 12 hours a day it doesn't matter we don't have kids so it's fine um and then finally I'm like dude I saw your other Facebook profile and he's like are you serious don't you remember when we were talking and I said I needed to do this other thing and I was like should i put my middle name and just like make this other profile for this and i was like oh yeah <laughs> like i knew about <laughs> it <laughs> but anyways he there was no anxious but but i knew inside he was anxious about it but he would totally avoid me and then that made me more anxious like you need to fucking talk to me and that one time i tried and it was 4 days and it was the heart, I couldn't sleep, I was working, all I could do was think about it was just it was the worst. So this anxious avoidant, I think was our relationship. And it was fucked up. Anyways, moving on to like, what behaviors, excessive attempts to reestablish contact and connection by calling texting or emailing many times waiting for a phone call, or loitering at your workplace in hopes of running into you. i don't know i don't think that's like a behavior that i do in fact i will default i will try to talk to you definitely in the moment and like hey what's going on but if the person isn't responsive then i go the opposite like fine fuck you (laughs) Yeah. yeah um will usually withdraw. So that's something is like, sometimes I just want, like, I want my partner to start the conversation with me. I want them to be like, listen, let's talk about this. And it's like, remember one time Rafa or my partner and I got in a fight and I think we were like driving and then we stopped talking and then we came home and I'm like waiting for him to bring it up. And then he sits on the couch. So I go in the bathroom, I'm crying I'm like quiet, like pretending I'm pooing or whatever I'm doing there. And and he doesn't come to try to talk to me. He doesn't anything. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, why? 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 Why is it always me that's gotta go talk? Why am I the one that's like here? Like, let's be, let's talk, let's talk, let's talk, let's talk. And then um I come out and he's just sitting there and I'm like, Really? Like, are we gonna fucking talk? And he's like, Yeah, I'm just waiting for you. Like that to me is avoidant behavior, like just sitting there I know and I can feel his anxiety as well I know he wants to deal with it but he just goes away from me and then doesn't like address it and then I'm always the one that's like hey hey I do appreciate because you'll say like listen not now I don't want to talk now and I'm like but we need to talk right now (laughs) so those are I would say those are protest behaviors but like maybe not in my head, I'm like going to somebody's work. No, I would not do that. I know someone who did that to me, though. That same person that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. No, maybe, maybe he was. Angry. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I don't know. It's, it's sometimes a little
1: more confusing. It, it is. It's really interesting, especially because of that being avoidant doesn't mean that you don't feel the things inside. Usually being avoidant means you feel them inside, but you don't act on them. So if you act on the things that you feel inside, then you're anxious avoidant because you do feel the anxiousness inside. It's that you don't right. act on it. And that's what makes you avoidant. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So let's just do a quick um, recap, basically on understanding your attachment style, how to commun- communicate with your partner based on their attachment style, and then we'll close this out. Um, so take some time after listening to this to really think about your attachment style. What does your attachment style look like? How does this attachment style affect the way you are in your relationships? And understand it. Because then when those behaviors start to surface, you can say, okay, so my attachment style is kicking in right now. And I'm acting these ways because this is what I actually need from you. Because what they actually need from you is so much more than what's happening outside of them. They just need an anxious person just needs to know that you love them. So stop the avoidant behavior for a minute and say like, I love you and I'm not going anywhere, but I need to go away from the situation for a minute. If you're avoidant and you're walking away from someone, do the exact same thing. I need a minute because I need to get away from this, but I love you. So I'm going to do my best not to make this worse, whatever that looks like, um, Think about speaking to a counselor with your partner to make up these agreements that are going to help you because having the agreements is going to help you to understand each other as well as help you to move through how you feel and help. Really, it comes down to me is how I look at it. If I have a certain type of attachment style, I need to communicate with my partner. In the end, yes, I'm going to have a moment of, well, fuck it. It's not worth it. It's easier to do this on my own. But the reality is we're herd animals. We're meant to be with someone. So instead of walking away from something immediately, especially when you're in love and you know that's not the reality, take a minute and say, I love you, I need a minute. Because being angry doesn't change how you feel about the person, being angry just means that you need a minute, I need to reflect on myself in that minute. Um, Communicating with your partner is talk to them, maybe tell them, go back and listen to this again and write down the attachment styles and the little pieces that come with it and have a conversation with your person and let them know that this is my attachment style. And this is why I behave the way I do when I get into this, this feeling. And what I need from you in this moment is this, can we work on this? And this can be part of your agreements that you guys end up writing down is that they come to you or you go to them when you want to do the opposite. Even if it's just for a split second, because that split second, Lynn, you're anxious. If I came to you in that moment and said to you, like, I love you. I just need a goddamn minute from you. You're going to know I'm not going anywhere. You're going to know I'm coming back to deal with this. Um, and then notice just in yourself what the communication and having that really means. What does that look like? When your person is feeling the way they're feeling, what can you do to make them feel better? Like I said, knowing also what they need is going to make things better for you. Um, And then you can work on developing a a secure attachment style. If you have an insecure attachment style, either of those are considered insecure attachment styles. And if you have one, challenge your negative beliefs about yourself to really start to in the hardest moment. Now, change doesn't happen right now when I've decided that I'm not going to be an insecure attachment style anymore. Change happens when my actions start to come out. So in the moment, stopping myself and being like, okay, so I'm starting to act in my attachment style and I'm choosing not to. So I'm going to come to you and have communication with you. Um, The other thing is pay attention to what your person needs in that moment to figure out how to get through that moment together rather than avoiding your situation
0: anything you want to add to that lynn i mean this is great and it's actually very helpful so i appreciate you taking the lead on this one awesome i'm so glad that conversation and i hope that it helps some of you guys
1: because i know for me reading this book really changed the way i approached things and helped me to understand things a little bit better and that really is why i wanted to bring it to you guys is because this attachment style really it does it's not a negative thing. It's just, it helps us understand ourselves and awareness is where we get to make changes. So we're going to leave it at that for today. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us on Spiritual Sisters with Sass. Bye everybody. Thanks, everyone. Oh.
0: Thank you for joining us on this spirited journey today.
1: We hope you enjoyed diving into the world of self-improvement with us.
0: Two sisters who found their own unique paths. Remember, life is a tapestry of experiences and it's how we embrace them that makes all the difference.
1: So whether you're on your yoga mat, exploring mindfulness or simply navigating life's twists and
0: turns, always keep that spirit and sass alive. We are Kalen and Nerdy Lockup, and we're here to remind you that happiness and abundance are within reach.
1: Stay connected with us on social media and keep those questions and stories coming. We
0: love hearing from you. Until next time, beautiful souls, keep doing the work, keep sharing your experiences, and keep living a life that's authentically you.
1: And never forget to add a little extra sass to your day.
0: Spirit and sass, always. I'm going to go